0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Cleaning and Cocktails. And you know the show, right? Where I bring on guests, I bring on people from the cleaning community, people that are business professionals in the cleaning community, suppliers, manufacturers, software people, everybody and anybody that helps our industry grow, scale, and be a better industry. So today, I have the pleasure of bringing on Karina Burton out of Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to let her tell her story, get into it. You guys... I found this woman on, on LinkedIn. I, I saw her sharing her story. I saw her talking about her brand. She's got a lot of things that she's working on. She's in a she's in a specific space in the cleaning industry, which we were talking about earlier, that again, yes, it falls under cleaning, but post-construction cleaning or construction cleaning is a beast within itself. This girl's managed to master this and uh, has a great thing going in Phoenix. I think other states too, right? Four or five? Four so five we're in a
1: total of six. Six now. states. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. enough about, enough of me doing an intro. Again, you guys, welcome to the show. Let's give Karina the time to really share her story and, and, and tell us who is Karina and how the hell did you get into construction cleaning, let alone cleaning?
1: Well, thank you so much, Ricardo, for having me on here. It's always exciting and fun to, you know, talk to other people in the industry and also people who are in the same, you know, realm of the industries and, you know, chit chat about what you're seeing and what we're seeing and how things work and what things don't work. Right. Um And yeah, so thank you for having me on here. Um So how I started CPR construction cleaning. It's funny, actually, that you're like, that was the very first question that you asked, just because I literally made a post today on LinkedIn. Um, We're about to celebrate our two year anniversary in August, um, August 28th, actually, which is funny because that's actually a personal, and I didn't even correlate the two, but that's a personal anniversary for, for myself and something, um, someone really special. So um, I just, I was like, wow, that was meant to be, but it's
0: a good day. It's a good day. Yes. It's a
1: big day. Yes, definitely. So, you know, I I my background, you know, is was essentially being a mother for the first ten years of my twenties. I was a stay-at-home mom of three daughters, and um, I didn't have my college educate like my college education. I had a year, maybe two years under my belt, um, and then you know, working in high school. That was pretty much my <laughs> work experience. I didn't have anything outside of that, and my soul was hungry for it. I wanted to be able to develop that part of me that had been shut down for such a long time. And, you know, that's the one thing that I truly advocate. I love being a mother. I'm now a mother of four daughters. So, you know, obviously they're a huge part of my life and they've really been like the pivoting factor of who I am today, ultimately. But at the same time, as a woman, you still have your own self identity, just like a man, a man, you know, is a father, but he has his own self identity and women do too. And it, it is a hundred percent. Okay. And it, and women should feel empowered to want to develop ourselves during that time of still being a mother. Um, it, you know, it's, it's still, you know, kind of a juggle because you're, you're managing both, but it's still possible. And, um, you know, at that time though, I was, I didn't have the support and I didn't have that. So I just felt like I was slowly like dying inside. My spirit was dying. My, my fire was dying. And when I made the decision to essentially change my life entirely of making a decision and I, I ended up walking away with nothing. I had no money. I really had zero family support. My, my friends left me, But I really felt very strongly that I needed to have this experience because, you know, and this really does lead into my business today, what is because from a small, like probably, I would say, eight, nine, 10, I always knew that I wanted to do something in a way to give back to my community. I knew I wanted to do good. I knew that I wanted to... try and use my voice, even though I had no idea what that meant <laughs> and how, that, how how I was going to utilize that. Like, what did I have to say? Or how could I help people? And how can I help empower people or make people feel special? But I think because I had gone through such a hard time as a child, um, I had you know a lot of kids make fun of me and I didn't do well in school. And I was teased so much that I wanted to be able to help other people to never feel the sadness that i felt and so i had this little fire burning inside of me and i had it throughout my 20s and when i you know went off on my own with my children i you know kept that that fire burning and i just didn't fully understand it because it wasn't the time for me to really see and understand what that was and what that looked like and so you know, I had a couple of, you know, business partner ventures that didn't work out. And it wasn't just a, you know, separate, we're, we're done, we're over. It was very much um, where I made the decision, knowing and recognizing that my worth wasn't being um, appreciated. And yeah, were an financially, potential. I wasn't being compensated for what I was doing and what I was bringing to the business. To the point where, when I made the decision to leave the partnership, um, both times I actually had to walk away from a large sum of money. The second time it happened to me was even more of a significant loss of financial means for me and my family. And so that was really devastating for me. And, you know, throughout that time, I was really building my career in business development and sales. And I had learned how to sell in a very authentic and genuine way where my clients trusted me. So it didn't matter if I was selling restoration. My background is pre- predominantly in restoration services, which is fire, flood, mold. Those yeah, types of things. I, want, I want to um, get to that,
0: too. So, yeah, keep it going. Oh.
1: <laughs> and, um, you know, and then I, I was also in janitorial for about a year. And then I, you know, I was working for a company that specialized in commercial carpet cleaning and floor care services. It didn't matter what I was selling. My clients, if they worked in the same space, because I worked a lot with property managers, every single one of them knew and trusted me that they would, they would give me an opportunity, right? They would say, okay, yes, I'm going to give you the RFP, bid on this pro uh, on this um, you know, carpet or um, janitorial. And any anytime that they would have a flood or a fire or anything, they would always contact me. And that was really based off of building these authentic relationships of trust. They knew mm-hmm. that I was who I said I was, and I always delivered every time, regardless of who I worked for. Um, so, you know, I had realized that I had built a foundation of trust in the industry, and so when, you know, I had this, the second entrepreneurial breakup, as I like to call it.
0: <laughs> That's a good, one. That's a
1: good um, one. I, so this was actually in 2019. I was devastated.
0: So this is it fairly, just, this is recent. This, I mean, the, yes, these, these are it recent. It was very okay.
1: recent. And um, well, not very, it was, it was still recent. And I really got to a point, you know, I'm thinking this is eight years into my journey of changing my entire life and really building my life and my family and providing for my family. And, you know, to have that, that blow after feeling like I was finally kind of feeling that weight lifted off my shoulders, my life was changing, and I was able to have, you know, different financial opportunities. And to have this happen to me, especially when you start with literally no money, it was extremely devastating, and I had been through a lot to that point. And I thought, this is this is what's gonna like literally ruin me. I yeah. can't even believe it. Like I've been through so much shit, and here I am, like yeah. at like the bottom of the barrel. And I was I was definitely suffering from depression. Yeah. I was going through this like autopilot phase where I was just kind of like, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna do with my life, and I'm a failure. And everything I did was for nothing, and such a loser. Everybody yeah. was right. Everyone who doubted me was right. And you know, I, I had my pity party for a, hey, a minute. Hey, but
0: we can we can have pity parties for just yes. I for mean, ourselves. It's a natural for thing. Ourselves. It's a yeah.
1: natural thing. I don't. I'm not upset with myself for for going through those emotions. I'm proud of myself that I was able to have this realization that I needed to step away from the partnership that I was in regardless of the loss. And I was able to get another job um, literally within a day of making the decision. I was done. I went and um, interviewed, they hired me, they paid me what I was asking. And Mm -hmm. I was just like, okay, here I am back doing business development. I'm thinking, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I really wanted to elevate and I didn't feel like I was doing what I was meant to be doing. So, you know, at this point though, I've never, I wasn't thinking construction cleaning. um, And I definitely knew for me, my personal desires, I couldn't do janitorial. Um, it was it was definitely hard when I did the one year of being in um, commercial janitorial. It was it was harder for me because I love to make people happy,
0: yeah.
1: and in janitorial, I mean people can lose their lid off of if you forget one small thing, like That's, boom, it, it, it's, it's like a, a catastrophe. It's, and- it's
0: tough. It's tough <laughs> to connect with a client in janitorial yes. because you're like one of many vendors, and it's it's a long contract, and it's just. The, the, well, need, what, the I, need for them to try to get to know you, I, I don't think is, it's not hungry for them, where construction, I think what you're going to relate to, too, is these PM superintendents, I mean, you, you guys are, yeah, there's a lot of times that you touch as far as contact, follow up, did we do yeah. a great job? Like, you get to know those PMs. I know I have with the people that we work with in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, I have them on text. We shoot text messages. Like, I don't have that with janitorial. By janitorial contracts,
1: yeah, I I, I just don't. So, I mean, for my experience, it was really if the um, the tenant of the the uh, the property manager, Mm -hmm. if the tenant calls complaining, then the property manager like is like, I'm gonna lose my mind because you know they're dealing with, you know, if it's a big uh, space, they're dealing with several um, tenants who are mm-hmm. complaining and upset about something else and they're not doing this right. And so they're just like, I don't want to have zero complaints. So if you have one person saying, you didn't take the trash out of my office, I'm livid. You guys are the worst. And they, you know, essentially like rip them apart. They're going to call you and there's just no mercy. No mercy. Like, no. whatsoever. No. <laughs> you completely forget about all the other good days that you've done. And it's usually because somebody came in upset, maybe they had a bad day, maybe things aren't going well for them. So for me, like janitorial was emotionally just like too much because I'm very much an empath, but Mm. my business partner, he's not as much. He's very analytical. He's been in the janitorial space for about 17 years of his career. And, um, you know, so for me, I was like, I'm too emotional. Like I can't do that. I'd be upset all the time. So you know that was just not something that I, I ever thought of. Like that was not one of my business plans. But mm-hmm. you know, leading into this, I you know left my partnership. I got this new job, and you know, one day I went to lunch. Who is now my business partner? We went to lunch together, and you know, I had a, I had a couple of friends, um, you know, old clients that were in the you know GC world, and they had asked me, you know does your, does your company do construction cleaning? And I'm like, no, we, we focus on, um, carpet cleaning and, uh, floor care service. And so then I just kind of like started thinking about it. And then I started asking questions like, well, why are you asking me? Like, is there a need? Is there, and for whatever reason, like I just decided to like ask a lot of questions. And then I started to ask more questions with some of the other, um, uh, project managers that I had relationships with and they were letting me know that they struggle with that service. They not only have to manage the project of them cleaning it, but they never had a sufficient amount of cleaners and that their expectations of a clean was really essentially at I mean 80% at, ba- at best of quality of clean. Okay. And so it kind of, you know, started getting my mind wheels turning and I'm like you know, I feel like this would literally hit so many areas of what I'm really passionate about. Being a problem solver, being able to come into the industry and disrupt it and to say, hey, let's not accept mediocre as our quality. Like let's accept high quality and everyone else needs to race to the bar and have these expectations. And so... You know, when I presented this idea to my my business partner now, he was like, literally instantly was like, yes, this let's is it. it. Let's, both let's, got, let's like, make a website.
0: Excited. Let's make a website tomorrow. Let's go.
1: Well, actually, the <laughs> truth is, yes, he went home. He did everything. He filed for a business. We called, you know, to, to get our insurance and, you know, to get a quote and all that stuff and to see what that's like. But here we are. We're still both working our full-time jobs. I was literally you know, at a point where financially, I could not afford to invest in anything. Mm -hmm. And we just so happened, though, to have enough supplies, and we had enough opportunity to, um, to say, to kind of put it out there. And and so I contacted some of my, um, my, you know, my connections. And I said, um, hey, just so you know, I started a construction cleaning company. And I explained to them, like, why we started it, and who we are, and you know, what we're going to do and, you know, what they're, what they would be expecting versus um, using someone else who mm-hmm. is typically a janitorial company or a mom and pop kind of, you know, cleaning business. And, you know, they're going to be having a high grade quality of clean. Well, with then very next day after having these phone calls, we received a I received a text from one of my contacts and they said, I actually have a bid walk for you um, to, uh, you know, we went downtown Phoenix where we started our business. It was a WeWork project downtown Phoenix. Cool. And um, the actual bid uh, proposal itself for us, we were like, holy crap, like this is actually quite substantial for us. Yeah, this
0: is complex. And this is our
1: very first one. And we we walked it. We did our thing. we, sh- you know, we did a very nice formal bid proposal and within like four days we, we were awarded the project and it literally, we were both like, oh my gosh, here we are. There
0: you go. Boom.
1: Basically just kind of, you know, were thrown into this without realizing how quickly we thought, oh yeah, we'll do this kind of like as a side thing and eventually it'll grow. Yeah. But it just, it didn't work that way, which is obviously I'm extremely grateful for. Um, I had to put a lot of work and so did my business partner because, you know, for four months we're working full time with our job. And then every night I remember coming home and I would be in my office from 6 PM till 9 PM. And I would tell my kids, I have four kids and my husband, and I'm like, look, This is something like we're sitting on something that is going to make magic. And I am confident. And so
0: like, give me a little bit of time. Give me a little bit of time.
1: Yeah. It's like, I know right now it's going to feel like forever, but when we look back, you're going to say like four months, five months is not even a long time to be able to create something that is so much bigger than essentially your wildest dreams. Right. Like if I was if someone was to tell me two years ago or even last year to see where we are today. Well, I think last year I would definitely be like, yeah, we're going to be there for sure. Yeah. Because I've already seen how much we'd grown during a pandemic and um, you know, I would have been like, seriously, like, is yeah. this really going to happen? You know, well, do, because I,
0: I mean, Karina, I got to tell you, I, so I didn't know that it's only been two years. So, I mean, I guess, oh. <laughs> like, c- c- kudos and congrats on that. <laughs> But I just wanted to take a second and thank you for I mean, you really took us on a journey right there, right? Like you took us from you know right out of right out of high school. you took us to where you were having your kids running into issues. Uh, I feel like people need to hear that more often, right? It's because entrepreneurship and making the decision that you just did two years ago where you've got a full-time job, you've got job security uh, it's it's risky, it's scary to say, I'm going to leave security and I'm going to take a risk on this. Why? Because I'm confident it's going to work. I mean, your kids don't know that your friends, your family, your husband, that's, that's, but I feel like, look at, again, not that everybody always comes out on top or reaches that the success that you're reaching, but you had to make that decision and you took us through that. And I hope everybody appreciates that because those are tough, deep decisions. Um, it takes a mindset. You proven that it's, it's a shift in mindset that you you have to have to, to reach the goals and the milestones that you set for yourself. So I just had to stop you there for a second. No, and thank you. Cause that that's the shit, man. That is what people got to hear. Uh, I hear it. I, every I, literally, literally yesterday, two Facebook groups posted me Rick You know, I'm, I'm working full time. It's been, you know, almost eight months. I, you know, I, this thing's a side hustle for me. I I don't know if I want to take the risk. Like people should be listening to this. Like, you, you, with four kids, you took, the, you yeah. took the risk. So, okay. Well, and, just, and
1: also my, you know, I was literally at a point where, and I, I don't try to like emphasize it to be like, there's zero arrogance. It's that I do as well. Like you were mentioning that you received people, you know, saying like, how can I, and I, and I just have to say, I literally had no money. There was at one point and, you know, take it for what it's worth. But in this journey, that relationship that I had in my previous business partnership and the, our contract and everything that was stipulated of what it was supposed to be, didn't turn out that way. I literally got to a point where I was about to lose my house, about to lose my vehicle. I had $15 one day in my bank account, no savings, nothing. Everything that I had invested into What's that in business, business no. was drained. It was gone. So so for anyone to say like I'm scared, I'm like, I understand. When you have a family of six to feed and you have15 dollars in your in your bank account and you're like counting the the day like the two days before you know you're about to um, get your paycheck, like I get it, I get it. but I still. Did not give up mm-hmm. the dream because my intuition was telling me, don't give up. This too shall pass. Like yeah. I literally felt that in my brain. But I had all these experiences telling me, like, look at all this shit that's happened to yeah. you. Like, why are you going to listen to your intuition? Why are you going to listen to your gut feeling? Because look at what has happened to you in the past. But I didn't. I, I shut that out and said, just because that stuff happened to me doesn't mean that I'm not meant for this journey. I have to have faith. I have to have trust. Mm-hmm. And I have to know that this is all going to work out. And I I literally like look back and I'm like, "Holy shit, like if I wouldn't have listened to my intuition during that time, I would not be where I am today." I'm and I would still be doing something that I would not be happy doing and still be wondering, you know, what, where would I be today if I would have made that decision? If I would have had that faith and that trust of knowing that there there was a bigger plan for me, there is a purpose and there is a reason why we go through what we go through And how it totally changes and impacts our life for the better Mm -hmm. because it develops our characteristics. It develops our skill set. It develops our depth. And even as a business owner, being able to translate all of that, you know, how we care, who we are, our why, it really was – I was able to take that, captivate it, and help other people see so that, you know, if I – I'm not someone who had – I don't have these – unique talents. I mean, we all have unique talents, but you get what I'm saying. Like I'm not this, I don't have this like gift to be this like strong person. I just shared, I had a pity party. I cried. I I struggled through depression and these are all normal things. But the only thing that made me different was that I changed my mindset. I put one foot in front of the other and every single day I would do something to change my future. Yep, and anybody can do that. If I you're, can do it, anyone. Yeah, th-
0: think about Karina. We're, I mean, you're you were in control of your life, right? No, nobody else controlled it for you at these pivotal points. I yeah. mean, there's one thing that I always, I'm like, damn, I wish I did this. But like, think about if you had a Do, uh, do you write a journal? Do you ever write? Do you write things do. down yeah. a lot? Yeah. So like think about if you wrote all those, because I think this would be helpful for just people in general, right? Is especially entrepreneurs trying to trying to do this, trying to do what we're doing is at those pivotal points like what were you feeling emotionally right like what what did put you to say i'm going to put yeah. this foot in front of me um i think you're a very positive person which i am too so air fives right there right. so it's like i feel like the people don't look at that as a skill set but being positive and having a positive mindset is a skill set right like i feel like you like you and said you can div-
1: learn how to do it
0: correct you could be- develop yes it's it's I, we're not all I'm not gifted. I mean, I want to be an NBA player. That'd work out. I'm Mexican six foot, but, uh, yeah. but I worked hard at certain skills. Cause I tell you what, and I'm hearing you listen and it's like, I feel like you're a hard ass worker and you do what you have to do to maybe not be the, the ultimate best or perfect. Cause that's always going to be difficult. Right. But going to be very damn good at a lot of different things, um, which I think from your story, the foundation of being authentic business development, sales, speaking to people, look where you're at today. Right. I got And that's what I want to jump into too. Is like, how, how did being authentic and how did building a network and a foundation, how are you amplifying that and maximizing that now, two years later?
1: Honestly, if it wasn't for the pandemic, I wouldn't have kind of dug in, In Word, to figure out how can I have a larger reach online, right? Because my skill set was really building relationships B2B. I'd meet with people, go to happy hour, go to, to events, network, those types of things. And I really didn't have a online presence. I would utilize LinkedIn as direct messaging, kind of introduce myself and to set up a lunch so we could get to know each other because i really want people to understand that i'm not a salesperson i'm here to be someone who can be a solution in your life to make your work life easier or anything that you know at the time like with restoration that's a very stressful situation and i'm here to make that less stressful for you so you can focus on your your tenants and your clients and i'm focusing on the things that are stressful so For me, that was always like, I want you to meet me so you can know who I am genuinely and that I'm here to truly help you. And so when the pandemic, you know, had us all locked down, I thought, okay, well.
0: You can't talk to anybody in person now.
1: (laughs) No, and I, I didn't know really what to do. So like my first intuition was to start building an online presence strongly for CPR construction cleaning. You know, so I opened uh, an Instagram and um, I started a LinkedIn page and I just felt deep inside that if I was able to capture our team doing, you know, live action where they're on job sites, then not only do you see our cleaners, but you also see the type of work we do. Right. Nice. So yeah. when yeah. we're on a, the high rise project, you're going to see that high rise project and you're going to see us on there. So it's kind of like without us having to tell you this is our skill set, you see it. Do you see us on, um, you know, multifamily projects? You see us on warehouse space. You see us do floor care and so on and so forth. And you see it where it's not staged. And I've seen a lot of other cleaning companies who do utilize stock photos. and Oh, my God. It's the worst.
0: And- And and then they always. I get it. But it's no.
1: You guys look like models. (laughs) You (laughs) know, you're modeling. Like I'm perfectly wearing this, you know, iron T-shirt that has the logo, and my hair is perfectly done. And I'm thinking, this doesn't look like a real live cleaning scenario. And then you see the same faces kind of reoccurring throughout the photos and i just knew like that's not authentic that is not genuine and that doesn't translate to my clients that we have that we are so confident in what we do that i'm not able to share who my team is and so from literally almost day 1 i started posting you know actual photos of our job sites with our team and and then doing it in a way that isn't very like you know, Oh, click, here's a photo. And you're just like, okay, whatever. Like, here's a building. Thanks so much for showing. Up. <laughs> it was really trying to engage that emotional aspect of it. So, you know, instead of us saying, Hey, we're the best, it was, it's always, Hey, this is why we're doing it. This is, you know, not in, and, and then it leads into what we do and you know, why we care about floor care because that's the first thing that everyone sees is the floors, right? Mm-hmm. And what we want for you to experience is that when your client walks in, the first impression is everything. So if your floors look like shit, then you're in trouble. Like yeah. it's just And and so we take that approach of our marketing is from the inside out, right? Okay. So it's very emotional, humanizing And then it shares and features are what, what we do. Um, and so I started to see like a lot of success when it came to that. Um, and then when I started to, I I started thinking, okay, well, how am I going to share me as a business owner? How am I going to share myself online? So people feel like, you know, when you know a business, when you know an owner, right, it almost makes you feel even more comfortable of saying, okay, yes, I'd like to utilize your, um, your business and give you an opportunity. I'm going to give you a chance. And so I thought, I'm like, okay, I have to now kind of go into, into my space and start talking about it. And I remember I did, um, I shared a post about being a natural introvert and that, deep down inside, I always wanted to have these extrovert tendencies. And so that's kind of why I got into theater and, you know, doing some modeling and things like that. But really when I get home, like I'm not like texting all my friends. Like I, I get home and I'm home, like I'll watch friends, it, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm with my family, but even, even when I was a single parent. I didn't really go out and date much. Like I just, I really am an introvert. Like (laughs) I leave my work at the door and that's it. But you know, I did a post about that and I, it was an actual video, um, post and, you know, LinkedIn, at least from my experience and from what I've heard from other people. But when I first started that journey a year and a half, uh, it's almost a year and a half ago when I really started getting into it. Yeah. Um, you know, to get like 10 to 20 likes on LinkedIn is like. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is yeah. not easy. You no, can't, people like,
0: are not there to like, to really, talk. they're no, there they, to, they to they like really extract information. Yeah.
1: Yes. And, and so. That's a good point.
0: Nobody ever talks about that. That's fine.
1: And when you utilize hashtags like you do on Instagram, like Instagram, you can start pulling likes and things like that. And LinkedIn, I feel like, Instagram or hashtags for me don't work. I don't no, believe it.
0: No, <laughs> it, it almost takes work. up real estate now. It's like,
1: yeah. there's no point so, in doing it. So I was, you know, I, I decided I was really nervous, but I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put a little bit of me and how other people can achieve their goals. And I got like, I think it was like close to a thousand likes, and I was,
0: well, like, was "Probably Whoa. one of those likes." Because I swear, I swear, that's how I got. That's how I found you. Was a video. <laughs> really? and I was like, I was, like I, right. was,
1: I was shocked. I was like, okay, all right, well, I am seeing what people are engaged in, wanting to know, and it really got to a point though where I was sharing between CPR and then my personal stuff, really sharing my story, sharing my why and things that I've been through personally so that people can essentially feel like they can relate with me. And my content just started to go viral. Like it just, just started exploding everywhere. And instead of me sending direct messages saying, hi, I'm Karina. This is what I do. Um, I'd love to be able to see if we could partner together on a project. You know, because at the time we weren't meeting for lunch. Mm-hmm. It was just like, please give me a chance.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, people were doing that to me. I, I wasn't even having to do any outbound messaging. Like everything from that moment on has been grown organically where um, where I'm I'm receiving the messages saying, yep. I've seen your content. I think you guys are doing amazing work. I want to be able to um, support you, utilize really? you. Yeah,
0: support, support, and utilize you. I mean, you're, yeah. Karina. You're bre- by doing that, and again, that it, it worked for. It's working for people that do it. It's just having to do it, right? It's 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 uh, it's a job. Like it's it, it takes time. It takes creativity. It's a it job. takes it takes guts to to do that. Put yourself out there. But what you're doing is really just being allowing clients to resonate with the brand, which ultimately all this defaults back to CPR for you, right? Like CPR is your, that's your business. That's your passion. You happen to just be able to share your story. And it just helps people understand. I want to do business with CPR. You know, like I, I knew you first before I knew CPR. Then when I looked into it, I was like, oh, wow. Construction cleaning, CPR marketing and branding. Right. We'll touch on that later, but it's like, but it was you first. Right, and that's that's the important piece here is the, especially small business owners that feel that they don't have, an op, a chance to get those big contracts. They don't feel that they have the chance to grow a business so large. Uh, you do if you as the business owner become the leader, right? And if you're the leader, you got you know you got to get thick skin. You got to get out out of your comfort zone to give your company a chance to compete yeah. with the, the, these bigger guys.
1: Yeah, and you have to figure out ways to differentiate yourself, right? Like I could have gone in into the space of construction cleaning and just said, hey, I'm offering this service. I'm going to give you great quality, and this is what we're going to do. Instead, I approached it as we have come into this space because we want to be a problem solution for you and what you're experiencing. We're here to elevate standards of high-quality clean from expectations of, you know, people just having to tell their clients. We literally had a client say that they prep their, you know, custom home owners who are spending over $2 million on their home. Just so you know, this is, this quality is not going to be, you know, this white glove look. You're going to probably have to hire someone else to come Ooh, in and do that detailed uh, look. But that was really the standard. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's really your approach. So when you're going into any business, and I feel like this a foundation of being an entrepreneur should always start like this, and it doesn't matter what you do. You can do crypto, you can do you know, janitorial, you can do um, electrical, it doesn't matter. I, I firmly 100% believe that if your foundation is understanding your core values, why you're doing what you're doing, And really sharing that out, and it's then representing what you do, you're gonna have such a solid foundation that there's, you instantly will differentiate yourself compared to your competitors, right? A lot of times people start businesses because, hey, I wanna be, I don't wanna work for anybody, I wanna do my own thing, I know how to do this, and so I'm gonna do it.
0: Yeah, that's not a good enough why. That's not really it's a lie. Yeah.
1: And it's not sustainable either because other people who are going to be innovative, forward thinking, and going outside the box and having a deeper emotional connection with their clients are going to come in and knock you out. Yep. So, you know, that's I mean, I firmly 100% believe that if you have this strong foundation of your core values, you know, you're unstoppable. You're going to be able to achieve anything that you want.
0: Yep. So Karina, I wanted, I didn't want to forget this question again for, because we're really driving home construction cleaning. And I, like I told you before we got on, I'm getting a lot of questions about it. Could you, I I don't want you to give away any secret sauce here or anything. Yeah. (laughs) No secret, but like, could you just explain you know, because I feel like this would actually help the industry raise the bar with standards and qualities. When you approach these contractors, construction, superintendents, whoever the, the decision maker is, uh, I know you talked a little bit about how you differentiate, but like, uh, do you do this attempt of, or approach of phase cleaning? Uh, like, what, how do you present that, hey, in the next five days, this is what you should expect from CPR? Like, is there a formula? Is there a process that you do that you see is helping you win win these clients over, other than the other factors that we talked about. But as far as process, yep. what makes construction cleaning different than janitorial as, as the approach to it when you're on site?
1: So honestly, it's really going to vary between the types of projects, right? So we have projects that are literally just one day clean, We have projects that are broken up into multiple days. We have projects that are a week to months. Um, So it really is just going to depend on the type of project and the size of the project. So, you know, if they're coming in and saying, of course, like anyone knows that you have different phases of clean, you have your rough clean, your final clean, um, and then your touch up clean. You know, it's really just going to depend. What we really try to do is listen to the needs of what the clients want. So if it's a substantial size project, then you're going to want to, you know, communicate. What are your expectations? And when they share their expectations, then we kind of put that together in a formula. Obviously, then you see um, the pricing and everything. And it's just open communication. It's open dialogue, being able to really listen to them. And then say, you know, because a lot of times they're like, in your expertise, what do you think needs to happen mm-hmm. so that I can have what my dream is at the end of this, which is, you know, having it perfect. And
0: yeah, nice. pristine.
1: So, you know, we have some projects where, um, you know, let's just utilize a, a 27 story project that we're currently on. And, you know, they want us Monday through Friday Eight hours a day. They want to do several, like two phases of a rough clean, a final clean, a touch up clean. Got it. And so, you know, we're always in communication. There is no time where we're not in communication, especially, you know, we go through the end of the week, we touch base, we let people, you know, the project managers and superintendents who are, you know, we're facilitating this with. You know, let them know what struggles we're having, if we're having issues getting water, if there's you know any issues with um, with anything at all, if we're if we're not getting any responses, if there's something that we need. Um, so, and then also the other thing is is to ensure that you know you have a large enough team to commit to what you promise. So like if if you're not able to commit to a project where you can have fifteen cleaners on one project, Monday through Friday for um, essentially almost a year, then that's going to have to be something that you either look at and say, you know, I can't do this, or um, not maybe not I can't do this forever, but maybe at this point this is not where I am, and I need to be able to because what ends up what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up burning your bridge with them, and that's mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do. You would rather say, right now I'm not able to sustain this. And then in the future, you know, when you're ready, then go back to them and they, yeah. they will find that to be. They'll um, respect that. Yeah. Yes, much yeah. more so. So really, it's going to depend on um, the type of project. Right. And like, let's okay. just say like a small little restaurant that has um, like a deli sandwich place, uh, 1200 square feet. It's going to be, you know, real simple. You go in, you do a deep clean in the kitchen and then you clean around the space and things like that. And so the expectations are a final clean period. You go in there and you're done. Get me ready
0: to open tomorrow, right? Yes.
1: So it's really, I mean, the things that I would suggest is remember to have continual communication. And I say this as if it's really that simple because you have to remember that when you're a business owner and you get busy communication can be very, very difficult. So you have to keep that at one of your forefronts of saying, this is one of my core values and I'm not going to compromise it. Don't compromise. So it's a commitment yeah. that you have to yeah. make to yourself because we can all start off saying, oh yeah, I can do that. I'll make sure that I'm communicating with them. And then you're getting pulled left and right. And all these spaces are, you're just like, no, I can't. And then somehow it all falls through the cracks. So yeah. And it, I- and it
0: could happen created so fast. Like I, I vividly remember like a year ago, I had a, I had a fucking busy week, rough, like all kinds of shit going on. And I had a potential client tell me, you know, Rick, I text you and I emailed you, man. And you know, you didn't get back to me for, for three days. And like yeah. that vividly sticks to me because I'm so adamant about, you know, quickly communication, yeah. turnaround time and look it, I dropped my guard for a week, for, for one week, yeah. and I got called out on it. You know, and it's like, it's it hurts you because then you have to prove yourself to get back in and never let your guard down because as busy as we're always gonna be, if we say something, we've got to own up to it every single time or else, you know, this guy's first impression on with my communication was a bad, yeah. bad experience, so.
1: And, and yeah. we're human, right? We make mistakes, but unfortunately, people we work with are not always so forgiving. So that's the unfortunate thing, and you have to understand that like you know someone makes a mistake and that's their first time doing it. You're either gonna get someone who's like understanding and a human being, yeah or you're gonna get someone who's like, no,
0: just a mean I don't people care. there I'm are mean people out there
1: and <laughs> and they're not gonna give you a chance, so yeah. you know just it's one of those things where you have to be prepared for and understand that like. Yes, you can. You can drop the ball once, and it can literally sever the relationship that you have with that person. So, yeah. um, communication would be how you could um, ensure the different phases and how to execute. Um, you know, to your yeah. optimum ability.
0: Another thing I always get. Um, again, let's keep it going with construction cleaning, Karina. How do you deal with? The, the terms of payment like construction construction cleaning uh you know i I deal with it I know net terms and you know the lien the waiver liens and yeah. all that but let's think about you know a lot of the audience that we have for cleaning and cocktails small business owners mom and pops trying to get to the next level and take on bigger contracts but
1: yeah
0: this construction cleaning has a big price tag it's a good yes. pain these are good paying projects but Let's talk about the other side. Like it takes 30, 45, 60 days sometimes to get paid. How how did you deal with it? Or what's your solution as far as to how to cope with those kind of terms?
1: You know, that's actually funny that you're asking me this because if there is any trial and any difficulty in this entire process has been um, the net payment And also being, so essentially we're our own banks. And, you know, we, like I said, and we started our company literally off of $2,500. That's what paid our insurance. And that's what carried us for two months until we got paid. You know, it just so happened that our very first job paid us within like two or three weeks and, and kept doing that. Every time we did a different phase, they would pay us. And so, you know, we organically started growing and, As time went on, though, you know, we're having this nest egg that we're putting away and we're starting to see as we grow, we're having this money in the cloud and it's trickling in, right? (laughs) But we have tons of labor, like on one job, we can have up to 20 people on a job and we're doing that five days a week and yet they don't want to pay us until... Six, you know, sixty days. A yeah. lot of times, and, and sometimes even out. And you know, we have these conversations, like, "Hey, you know, we're essentially like being our own banks and facilitating all of this. And you're not our only job. Mm-hmm. Like we are all over, you know, the the West Coast, and you know, there's we have multiple. It's jobs a tough
0: conversation, right? On a like,
1: daily basis, yeah. and you know, we, we try to help them understand where we're at. And, you know, it's like, we're not, we don't want to give people the impression cause it's not true. Like we're financially doing great. We're thriving, but at the same time, you can only have money in the cloud for so long and you need like that big gush of, of finances that come out so that, you know, you don't feel that heavy weight of paying your employees you know, getting all your, you know, your people paid and everything is moving smoothly. And so I guess my answer to that is, um, we're still, we still actually struggle with it. We, we hit, we hit those walls. Um, and we, we don't have an investor at this time right now, but we, I had this conversation with my business partner just saying, you know, they really want to make the American dream almost desolate because yeah. unless you have a lump like a large lump sum of money that you're able to say, "Okay, I'm going to put, you know, 300,000 aside so that I can still start, you know, put, creating this business or you know, you've inherited a business or you buy a franchise um or what's another case scenario, right? Like you have to be in business for three years before the bank looks at you, even though you're so, thriving, successful and bringing in a ton of money. They're like, no, you're not three years in business. So yep. we can't keep you alone.
0: You're talk you're talking my language. You're creative, Maybe <laughs> me, me, you and your partner should come up with a, 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 a solution for, I try, I, I have, I actually have ideas for it too, but like you're, you're hitting the nail on the coffin with your first three years are the toughest because banks aren't there for you. They're not even, I mean, you have to figure out how
1: to, how to put those pegs in those holes so that you stay afloat because you're like, I have this amazing thriving business that's growing. And yet this is the things that are hurting me. You
0: could grow and scale your business so much more if you didn't have to worry about the funding part. Again, we're not saying, you know, give a, you know, a charity here, or just you know, give money away to to small business owners so they can grow. No, if they have a plan and they're mm-hmm. and they're showing in those first two years growth, then yeah, like th- yes. there there should be stipulations to allow small business owners to, I mean, to have access. They talk about line of credit, but it's like you can't get the line of credit until you show yeah. two three years. But what do you do in the first two three years? It's like I mean, that's it's very frustrating. It's like really.
1: Figuring out how to plug these holes temporarily so that you can extend and expand, and you know, we actually recently turned down—you know—it was over a million dollars worth of work in Florida because the cash flow yeah. just wasn't. And that's gonna that's sustain terrible. It. That is
0: like, and it was devastating. devastating. Yeah. We were
1: so sad. We were just like, oh my gosh, like we have this capability, we have this opportunity, and yet. We know that we just can't do it today because of the cash flow, not because of our ability. We would be able to have, you know, the um, the crew there. Like we would have everything in alignment. And and if we had someone who, you know, if we had a bank yeah. and we said, "Hey, we have this opportunity, and we're going to have this money," you know, and here's this growth. And you know, our first year in business, oh. we did a million. Second Ooh. year in business, we're two to five <laughs> million. And yet, a bank still looks at us and says, Well, you're not three years in business. So, yeah.
0: Get oh, out my here. God. That's like my anti bank. Like, like, I feel like, so, you know, not, I don't want to have banks come after me here, but I would have an anti <laughs> well, bank.
1: We love <laughs> we, to, but we just yeah, do right like, now.
0: You know, I, I have Rose a lot, Karina, right? And then I'm, I'm building this company, roles of Contractors, at the same time. I, you know, I have Route, I have all these companies, but I I have this roles of Contracting business that I'm in year two going into year three. And I'm like, look at everything else I've done. Like, you don't take that in cons- I almost it almost turns into a like a beg or plea of me when I'm at the banks and they're like, Rick, Rick, we get you. I hear you. You just pleaded to us for 30 minutes, but it's just not in our underwriting guidelines and this and that. And I'm like, Yeah, like for your example, I bet a twenty or thirty million dollar company got that million dollar contract. Did they need it? You could have done much more with it than they did. Right. Like, and that's, it it doesn't allow you to to level up. It's, it's crazy.
1: It is crazy. And for us, you know, we've decided that, you know, we want to be able to scale our company, um, not quicker. It's we want to scale the company as we're getting these opportunities, which are frequently coming in. And, you know, for us, we feel like maybe having, um, You know, an an angel investor or doing seed funding or something like that may be the answer for us personally. Um, It's, you know, something that we've been talking about and considering, especially because we want to create a franchise for our business in the future. um, Because we have so many people asking, how can they? They ask me if we have franchises and they ask how they can be a part of CPR. And so, all of these like goals and these um, things that we believe and know that will be successful, just because we have people from Canada, from Australia, the UK. Um,
0: well, let's have let's have a
1: Dubai. We have people from uh, Dubai who want to partner with us, and it's like there's these opportunities. And if we just had that right cash flow, the this idea, this concept could be um, could really catapult where we're where we are today. But, you know, that's, that's not for everyone. So I wouldn't, you know, say that's the recommendation that I would take. Um, I'm just, you know, me and my business partner, we're really um, highly ambitious and we're not um, obviously like, I'm not scared to Mm -hmm. take a risk (laughs) at things. That's why, like I've experienced a couple, you know, situations that really didn't work out for me, but um, you know, it takes risk for you to make big things. And so for us, you know, we're like, we're not scared, we're ready to do it. We want to be able to see how far we can scale this in a, you know, a substantial short amount of time. We've been able to organically grow our business to this point um in less than two years. So I could I'm like, man, yeah. I can only imagine if we had that, you know, cash flow coming in, like, where would we be? And where can we be? And of course yeah. I'm like, Oh, I know where, where so we'll let, be. So
0: we'll have a sidebar conversation on that just cause I mean, I know, I know a lot yeah. about angel investors and seed funding and raising capital. So crowdfunding, I, I think crowdfunding, crowdfunding would be pretty cool for you too. So yeah, we could talk about that, but I wanted to, you know, I don't want to take much more of your time, but I always love to end the show with you said you've been two years in Karina. You're kind of touching on where you where you want to go in the future, but where where do you want to go? Like where where does CPR go? Where does Karina go um, in the industry? As far as you know, what's the outlook? What do we you know? What's a five year look for for Karina right now?
1: Honestly, um, I would say that if all things align, not when if, when, when all things,
0: things align
1: when <laughs> we will definitely be a nationwide company. Um I my goal is to become an international company as well. And through this journey, I realize though that this really is the vehicle for myself and my business partner. but you know, my passions are to be able to have be a problem solution in the industry. So I want to bring even more awareness of environmental um, issues that come from construction and their waste that, you know, a majority of construction companies, unless you're a large company like Turner or Whiting-Turner, uh, you know, Whiting-Turner or um, or uh, like Belfort, like these large, large companies, right, that usually are, you know, Ryan companies they're forward-moving co- uh, businesses that think about you know, their waste and things like that. But you think of all the hundreds of other GCs who are not yeah. thinking about it or that for them, it's, they feel it's too costly to be able to put focus on the environmental aspect of it and how to dispose and getting rid of, you know, your waste in a proper way of recycling and also ensuring that your subs are not just tossing their stuff in it. A, you know, in a yeah. yard somewhere or, you know, just getting rid of it instead of going through it perfectly. So, you know, we want to bring awareness to that. And also I want to be able to, um, you know, I, I love, I love working in a male dominated industry. Um, Cause I, I mean, my business partner is a man. It's not like I have, I'm not like women only women are the, women are the best, but I feel like, you know, it's just where we have to kind of get to this realization that 9% um, is only women in construction and 1% is out in the field. And so, you know, the construction industry is really lacking and they're really not serving themselves from not really putting more of an effort out there and bringing more women into the construction field. And... Um, you know, I have a lot of women who reach out to me and and say, I'm scared. I'm scared to go in the construction industry. Can you give me some advice? And I feel like sad in my heart that they would even feel any ounce of fear going into an industry that has so much opportunity and so much growth and so much potential. And so I feel like, you know, this is construction cleaning is a vehicle, just like any business you have, you have the opportunity to have a large presence, utilize it to have a voice to to um, help issues that are in your industry, and so you know, in five years from now, I really want to catapult um, environmental issues and um, bringing more women into the industry while also growing my business internationally. Awesome! So, you know, oh, kind hey, of like a long answer,
0: soundbite right there. That's what that was. That, no, that was good <laughs> stuff, Karina. <laughs> that, that was good. No, that's a great way to end. Uh, just because that kind of speaks even more so on you know on your. What's your mission, right? What, what, what are you trying to do for the space? And I love that you touched on something that I've been talking about more and more now is the, the cleaning industry has opened the doors for me, which is doing the same for you and many others that I talk to. It's, it's a gateway. It opens the doors to many more yeah. opportunities uh, because it's, it's a platform. It's a vehicle. You just said it. I mean, it just, it doesn't stop there. There's so many more things we can do because yes. again, business ownership is business ownership. Entrepreneurial is entrepreneurial. We just happen to be in the cleaning space doing it, right? So now let's, exactly. let's use this to be a voice, to amplify our voices. Um, loved it. Thank you so much. Everybody, uh, you. if you don't mind, Karina, we're going to put your LinkedIn, any kind of social media that you have oh, in course. the description because you know, as you know, I, I'm not sure if you know, but we, we put the podcast on a YouTube channel. So everybody can watch the video, but then it, it's also as an awesome. audio, and you know, on all the audio platforms, people can listen in as well. I love it. But you guys, you know, I'm sure if everybody could applause or clap, thank you, Karina. That was awesome. Your journey's awesome. Your, yes, your story you. is awesome. Um, looking forward to staying in touch uh, and seeing what you keep doing in the space.
1: Likewise, absolutely. Thank you. I awesome. appreciate you. It was it was a great conversation. Thank you. So thank you. All right,
0: guys. The end. The
1: end.